and welcome to a new podcast. James, do you want to reveal the uh, cool and in- intuitive... In- uh. <laughs> Why, yes. Yeah, I will do all those things. <laughs> and it, it came birthed straight out of my brain. It's called Clash Spiracy. Innovative. That's what that's what I struggled with there. Clash Spiracy. <laughs> How are we feeling about that? I'm feeling pretty good. It's, um, you know... It tells exactly what we're doing here. We're we're clashing the spiracies. All right. So today <laughs> that was so what? that was so loud. My slapping. Slam that. Oh, the slurpees. Um, today, James, we're going to be talking about in our podcast Clash Spiracy, where we battle between two conspiracies with a very thoroughly thought out rating process: the moon landing and the Titanic. Yes. And and this is very rigorous uh, criteria that isn't liable to get us in any legal trouble. Um, we have our, our categories are hook, so the believability of the conspiracy, deep impact, um, how much it affects the believer, how much this, you know, has consequences, if it were to be true. And Inception, which you have listed as, je, you say it. Je ne sais quinoa, my new quinoa brand. <laughs> but I don't know if Inception you works. Wrong. You spelled quinoa wrong. No one knows how to spell quinoa, James. It's up for I interpretation. Can... You know how language evolves. Yeah, so does quinoa. Let me see. Is that it? I spelled it right. You, you, yeah. First try. Quinoa. Easy. And Inception... Is X Factor and how cool it is. Just because Inception's cool. Yeah, I can't. I can't argue with that. I mean, I was gonna say something deep about how Inception uh, plants an idea in your in your brain and it has to really hook you. But we could also say it's because it's a thing inside of a thing. Anyway, any way you want to interpret it, you can interpret it that way, and we would never judge. As as we request not to be judged for anything we might say. You can judge me. I'll I'll give you a free pass. You can judge me. <laughs> Most of my interactions online are some form of bullying towards me, so I'm, I'm used to it. So, with the Titanic, we have the whole J.P. Morgan... A uh, very very wealthy man, and this this theory stems from the idea that he wanted to institute the Federal Reserve, like the central bank, in the United States. And in order to do this, he had to get rid of three men who were in opposition to this Federal Reserve. Um, and I'm not gonna say which one of these names always makes me laugh, but there's. David Astor, Issa Strauss, and Benjamin Guggenheim. And apparently these guys had, like, all the money in the world, and they were, like, the last thing that could have stopped the the Federal Reserve from being created. And so, obviously, the most cost-effective way of assassinating three wealthy men is to build a massive boat that is prohibitively expensive and then smash it into an iceberg. Does that does that track? Yeah. I, well, I was like, you said three men. 
I thought one of I thought Ida Strauss was a woman that co-owned Macy's. Oh no, is she? Yeah. I didn't. No way. No, that's a that's a man. Isidore Strauss is a man. I'm looking at him right now. Oh, I've got Ida Strauss written down in my notes. That's his wife. Oh, they both died on the Titanic. Hey, that's four. Good job, J.P. Morgan. Yeah, congratulations. (laughs) Okay, so that's like what a... That's not a kiltrocity, is it? So this this wacky J.P. Morgan plot, though, it's got so many weird aspects to it. Like, uh, apparently the sinking is meant to be a recreation of the 19th century book Futility or Wreck of the Titan, which comes up a lot because it is a very weird coincidence. Um, There's obviously the similarity between the ship names. They both hit an iceberg in the North Atlantic in April. They both go a similar speed when they're hauling ass and they smash into the iceberg. And in the book, they also have too few lifeboats for the number of passengers. So... I guess this wacky conspiracy theory, this assassination attempt, has to follow this book. Um, The book also features an alcoholic sailor who has, like, a quest for redemption. So there's some guy out there. We're focusing on the negative. There's some guy who redeemed himself in the early 1900s, and we're totally overlooking him. But the guy who wrote the book, uh, Morgan Robertson was considered like clairvoyant like people tried to be like how did you how did you see the future and he basically just replied that he knows a lot about boats so he didn't have any superpowers jp morgan robertson am i right (laughs) my god it was right in front of us this whole time (laughs) i've also also contributed i've contributed something i didn't even think about that um wouldn't you okay so if you're an author though like put yourself in his shoes if you wrote a book that predicted like a national tragedy would you be willing to go along with people saying that you're clairvoyant in order to like drum up like attention for your book i'm thinking today for sure in the late 1800s did that like would they think i'm spooky would there be more of a negative impact on my life? Like, are they gonna, like, put me in a big fish tank and look at me at the circus? Am I gonna be, you know, put on a stake? As a woman, I understand that oh, Morgan okay. Robertson was a man, so he would have probably been fine. Classic patriarchy. You can predict the future, but no one's gonna burn you on the stake. Me, I have a cat, suddenly, oh, everything's hot, you know? It's fair. What was the That's question? <laughs> See, I'm on the reverse where, like, modern day, I wouldn't, I I think the blowback would be too hard where it would be, oh, I'm profiting off of this tragedy and, like, people are smart enough now to be like, oh, that's terrible. Like, you're you're a bad guy. But I think back then, like, put me in the fucking fish tank. Like, behold, I can see boat-related tragedy in, in the future. <laughs> and people would think I'm just, like, some wild psychic because that shit was, like, popping off back then. Like, people were all about ESP and stuff. So, yeah, and, and plus every rich person back then was, like, some moralist jackass, so I might as well make bank off of this. No, I think I, think I agree with, like the nature of today like if you try and capitalize on a tragedy 
post-tragedy, bad. But if you've already written the book, that's not your fault that that coincidence happened. Sign me up for for but All Eyes on Me. But do you advertise it as like, look who called it? No, but like, <laughs> like I'd be like I'd be like at like a cafe or something, like saying on the next table, I just sort of like slightly nudge the book towards them and wink at it, like oh, look at the look when that was written. <laughs> uh, I'm yeah. curious. Oh, she they they look like a smart lady that that wrote that. Probably really attractive too. See you later. You know. <laughs> Bye. I, I'd be gone like a like a ship ship passing in the night. Ooh, yeah, and then perhaps an unfortunate uh, <laughs> ice cube runs across <laughs> it. Tragic. But um, book like book time travel aside, mm-hmm. there's just there's like so many layers to this because you have like, okay, so J.P. Morgan is at the top in all these theories, right? Yeah. And then from J.P. Morgan, it forks into who really is pulling the strings here. You, you, of course, have the bread and butter of all conspiracies, the Illuminati. Uh, honestly, like, some of these sites, I would go and look at who's involved, and there would just be parentheses after random names, and it just says, Illuminati, by the way. <laughs> and so, like, I don't... It, it seems like people just kind of sprinkled the Illuminati all over this thing. But the the one that absolutely blindsided me was the Jesuits. Wasn't expecting to see them. Do you know anything about the Jesuits? No, I'm completely unfamiliar with the Jesuits, but I uh, would would love you to fill me in, James. I'll I'll give you a really quick rundown, and then I'll show you how it goes right off the the rails. <laughs> so the Jesuits initially are like this Catholic order. They want to you know fight back against the Reformation by like actually being smart and following church doctrine. So there's. So there's a little religious tension there in the mostly like Protestant America, Jesuits are Catholic, whatever. But actually, the Jesuits are this extreme organization that will do anything and everything to hold power internationally, much like the Illuminati. Sometimes they're the same thing. Sometimes they're not. None of this makes any sense. I feel like you told me one story and then just like ripped the book in half and then just stuck the back of another book to that one. And That's it was like, th- you're a wizard, Harry. Drop the ring into Mount Doom. <laughs> one of the sources that I read literally had like three pages of history on the Jesuits and like, oh, here's why these people are so unreasonable towards the Jesuits. Anyway, here's how the Jesuits sank the Titanic to start World <laughs> War One. Like, I had the worst case of whiplash reading that, and now I'm going to try to pass this on to anyone listening to this. Um, that's your penance for, for listening. The Jesuits are connected to finance, apparently, and so they they also want this central bank to be made. And so they have Captain Edward Smith of the Titanic apparently is now a Jesuit. I could find no proof of it online, but that's never stopped a conspiracy before. And he just so happens to have 26 years experience. He's the best damn captain on the Atlantic. And the Jesuits just happen to have him in their pocket. A priest goes on the ship, snaps a few cheeky pictures. Haha, guess what's about to happen? Takes a picture of the captain. And then, I guess... Captain Edward Smith just rams it into the iceberg because the Jesuits told him to. Because it would help J.P. Morgan. Well, I mean, fun fact about Captain Smith, he was the guy that crashed the Olympic 
six months beforehand, right? Wait, it's the same captain yeah. too? And like apparently there were they so but part the other side of the theory is, you know, like they're not the same ship, right? Like the Titanic isn't the Titanic. But um yeah, yeah so he crashed the Olympic into the well, he was turning away from a navy vessel and it sucked the navy vessel into it and the navy vessel obviously was designed to pierce and puncture ships <laughs> to sink them. And I love that. They lost in court. They have to pay a bunch of money to the navy or whomever like paid for the ships. I don't know, the government. It's honestly inconsequential to me whom they had to pay. But it was agreed that Captain Smith, after a bit of a checkup, they went through the files. What did you do everything right? Yeah, you did. Alright. Pop on the Titanic, mate. Have a go at that one now. I had no idea it was the same captain. Same I knew captain. about I knew about the Olympic, but I never would have thought that like oh like because I I looked at Smith Ed, Edward Smith. I hate that he's got two last names, and I was like oh this guy's got a sterling record. I didn't I didn't actually look and see that he messed up the Olympic. <laughs> so you think when this happened, like he kind of rolled his eyes, looked at the camera, and so oh here we go again. <laughs> yeah, he was Jim. <laughs> slide whistle well i I feel like no i reckon it was punishment right like if they knew this was gonna happen they're like fuck that guy he's the reason for this put him at the helm get rid of him (laughs) so you think the iceberg was staged yeah (laughs) so this is a not an elaborate assassination of uh b guggenheim isa slash dort strauss and david astor it's really just to get rid of a very problematic employee <laughs> yeah. who you just he's tenured we can't get rid of this guy fucking we unionization just man <laughs> i've got some i know some priest friends who you know they have they have mind control powers or something they can get rid of him i do yeah halfway wild. through that i realized the captain would have to be the guy that drove it into the iceberg but like maybe like the guy in the bird's nest because this is a pirate. Is there a bird's nest on the Titanic? I believe I believe the Titanic is actually an old-timey pirate ship. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So that guy with, like, one eye and a really jaggedy, janky telescope, he saw the ice cube, but he was like, I'm not going to tell him about it. So Captain Smith's on his merry way thinking, I'm going to do it this time, guys. I can, I can get this ship across the sea. It's easy. No problems. I'm going to do it. Everyone's going to be proud of me. I'll be redeemed. Oh my god. See, I want to make, um, now I want to see a movie where it's like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh, spoilers for that by the way, where like they take like the historical event and then just completely alter it. Like I want to have a feel good Captain Smith movie where he gets his groove back James, and James, he just he, he just avoids it. What? You're gonna love this. This the Titanic is a movie. But do they avoid do the do they avoid the iceberg though? That's the key part here. Did you know that um of the 150 graves in Nova Scotia of the bodies oh that were recovered God. from the Titanic, one of them is called Jay Dawson and it's the most visited because they think it's the Jack Dawson in the movie, but it's actually a Joseph Dawson, but fans go and they like write love letters to him. That's actually Shane Dawson's brother, so you're wrong. <laughs> that's that's actually who that is. <laughs> But wouldn't it be great if, like, he 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 avoids the iceberg? They throw in like some pop song from ten years ago, and everyone's dancing on the Titanic. Josh Hartnett's there. But yeah, like one of the one of the theories is that like this head Jesuit guy, he he did actually go on the ship. Like we have photographs that he took, 
and then he got off on the last possible stop like he he dipped out and so people think that that was like his moment to like whisper the orders of the jesuits to the captain and then slip away not before taking a few cutesy photos of everything you know how we were talking about our notes being more casual i wrote captain smith he died on the 15th with the rest of the gang (laughs) (laughs) not funny it's a tragedy it is it is a tragedy it's it's really sad that um that jp morgan did this to those people it's really fucked up (laughs) that he that he got a quadra kill on all those rich people where do we go from there james with the jp morgan story i mean he got away with it you know from there the the bank in quotation marks has all the money and then they use all that money to start world war one somehow just as the jesuits drew it up on the old blackboard and here we are all the sheeple don't know about it so the the jp morgan theory just kind of ends there with the the jesuits starting world war one for reasons i didn't i figured that was getting a little bit on a tangent so i didn't want to follow that one too far so you know like um back to the theory of the titanic actually being the olympic and it being an insurance fraud with a paint job to make up the money from where smith crashed it the first time Apparently, J.P. Morgan indirectly bought the White Star Line in 1902. So he also was in ownership of these these ships anyway. He's playing every angle of this thing. Yeah, I don't trust him. Tell him that. Tell him I don't trust him. He'll be deeply hurt and offended. (laughs) Can we get get Mr. Morgan on the phone? (laughs) (laughs) No, I'd be embarrassed. Don't. Um, another fun Titanic-related fact. Are you familiar with Violet Jessup? Uh, yes. I have uh, some notes on Violet Jessup Mm. and Mr. John Arthur Priest. I don't... Okay, you're pointing all your fingers at J.P. Morgan. I want a couple of them redirected (laughs) towards Miss Jessup. I think all of her, you know, locational presence is a little sus, James. A little sussy. <laughs> um, she was on board the Olympic when that crashed. She survived the Titanic. 70% of people that were on board the Titanic died. That's 1,500 people. She survived. No big deal. Then she also survived the Britannic, which was the third of the Titanic sisters, the youngest one. <laughs> when that sunk during World War One. it was the largest ship lost in World War One, And she survived that. Most people survived that, by the way, because I think it sunk... They had more lifeboats, whatever, it was easier. But two of the lifeboats at the back were near the propellers, which kept going to try and, like, push it onto shore. Oh, no. She was on one of those lifeboats, and she dismounted, or she jumped into the ocean. I don't know, like, how she removed herself from it, but she thought, this is wrong, we shouldn't be on these lifeboats, I need to get off. And then those two lifeboats at the back were sucked into the propellers, and everyone on those lifeboats died. She was fine. She survived every single crash... Of the Olympic sisters. I think there's that John Arthur Priest is the is the same. Like, there's two people who did that. And it's a little... It is a little sussy. And I will keep using that word. <laughs> um, do you think when she got off the lifeboats... You know how, like, when you're in the pool, you put your feet up against the wall of the pool and then push to go, like, really fast? She pushed it into the into She the did that with the lifeboats. <laughs> <laughs> Whee! Are you familiar with the um with the, with the mummy theory of the Titanic? No. 
Oh, there's a mummy on board? There is a mummy. Well, okay. God, do I have the guy's name or am I a complete hack fraud? I'm a complete hack fraud, but uh, one of the survivors from the Titanic uh, would tell people that there was a mummy, like a sarcophagus, in the ship. And rather than keeping it in the hold or whatever the hell that thing's called where they where they keep all the stuff, it was kept in one of the like passenger rooms. And for some reason, that little faux pas made the curse radius around the around the mummy reach the captain, thus explaining his erratic behavior. I don't know if they've nerfed mummies since then, <laughs> why we don't have museums full of people crashing into ice cubes, but that was another uh, little paranormal explanation for the Titanic sinking. I like that one. I didn't. I didn't come across that in my stint of research. Um, no. I noticed that you have not brought up Mister Hershey as yet. It did feel like an anomaly. Like people were just like, "Here's um, conspiracy theories about the Titanic." Oh, did you know Mister Hershey was meant to be on there and then he wasn't? Yeah, all right. Was Mister Cadbury like on there? No. <laughs> like who else? Why did he pop off? Like who was on board of the Titanic that he wanted rid? You know? I think I think Willy Wonka actually <laughs> may have had a hand in this. He just couldn't lead all the all the people in there. Mr. Goodbar, I think, was supposed to be on there. I watched a video of like Titanic conspiracy theories, and they're like, "Yeah, well, you know, it makes sense because Hershey's chocolate tastes so bad, and yet he survived and um, to be what? successful." Yeah, like how is that? Those those things are so. Are you upset because they said Hershey's chocolate tastes bad? Or that that was such a tenuous. Thing. How was that? How was that like a like the, the the proofs right there? Hershey sucks. Therefore, yeah. he saved <laughs> the Titanic. It would successful if. That's why I thought his competitors have to die, right? Like, him getting off is only like fifty percent of the relevancy. Like J.P. Morgan getting off of the Titanic, in itself, whatever, kind of kind of sussy. You're right, but the the rest of the guys who are against the Federal Reserve remaining on the Titanic. That's where we're like, hold on, was this a plot? Wrapping back to what I said about, like, is this an efficient way of murdering people? This is just such an insane use of resources. Just, you could have just, e even if you keep the boat, let's say you keep the boat, just have some guy shoot all these people. <laughs> like, it's the early 1900s. Technically, this is happening during Red Dead Redemption 1 in the, in the prologue. This is, you still got some Wild West Yeehaw cowboys out there. That could be shooting all these fabulously wealthy people. But no, uh, Hershey and, and the rest of Big Candy. Wait, is Hershey supposed to die on the ship or is he a J.P. Morgan type? He's a J.P. Morgan type. He paid $300 deposit for a suite on the Titanic and then couldn't go because he was ill. Did you do air quotes? I did. I was wondering if you could sense yes. them. I'm glad that they were conveyed. But that's it. That's, he just didn't get on the ship. And I, like, You hear a lot of... Uh, similar things around, like, 9-11, right? Like, all of these people didn't go on their flights that day. Oh, I haven't heard any of that, actually. I'd... Well, I mean, like, a lot of them aren't even part of any conspiracy that I'm aware of. It's just like, oh, he just happened to not go... Like, did he get tipped off by the government? Like, this... Like, Bill Burr is so important to American entertainment and keeping everyone's <laughs> bums in seats in the evening that, like, he got tipped off by the Kennedys. Like, okay, don't get on, Bill. You know, like... Is that the same thing that's happening? Like, Mr. Hershey was so crucial in keeping the beers rates up that they're like, don't get on the Titanic, Hershey. We've got some big iceberg action. 
of all the wealthy people on this list, I mean, I guess the one that I've heard of the most is Hershey. So, like, if I had to save one, I mean, isn't didn't that Guggenheim guy have something to do with a museum or something? I don't give a shit about that. I I eat Hershey chocolate bars at least a few times a year, so I'd save him. I've also heard that Guggenheim is doing fine without him. <laughs> yeah, it's still there, so... Egg on his face. <laughs> Not even that important, mate. Is that is that it? Is that wrapped up? I had one. I had one little, just minor other insurance fraud. Bit. A tasty morsel treat. Go on. It's just one of the pieces of evidence for the Titanic being a quote unquote like controlled sinky. Is um, there's a ship, the California, that was like oddly close by, and they did jack all to save the people on the Titanic. And allegedly the Titanic had their flares, their flares were white instead of red. So when they like shot them up into the sky or wherever, the California just thought people were having a good time and like partying. (laughs) And so they just kind of zipped on by. Um, And I think it's the Carpathia that actually does most of the rescuing. So we, we do have a, we do have another ship captain who's kind of lacking and, or, or he's on the take or he's being paid off by Hershey. Well, I heard also, and I don't know if it was the Olympic or the Britannic. If it's the Olympic, it does kind of shit on the, uh, it's really the Olympic that is the Titanic conspiracy theory. But it was down the coast at the time of the tragedy. And it was like, however many, like I say a thousand kilometers away. I don't know how far away boats can be or how big the ocean is. I'm not a scientist. But apparently like they were on the way. To save them, they, the Titanic sent out the distress signal, and they were like, actually, guys, don't turn up to save all the people floating in the sea, because if they see another Titanic, that's just going to upset them. Don't help. What? <laughs> yeah. Like, like, don't upset the passengers with a sinking ship? Well, that, like, the new, the new ship was fine, but don't, like, let them see another Titanic, because that will give them PTSD. Oh my god! Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I mean, there's people. People are freezing in the in the water. Don't look away. Them. Yeah, look away. They've had, they've oh gone god. through enough. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> a cute, a cute little fun fact, though. Um, I think it was the captain of the Britannic during World War One. Um, actually stopped to rescue thirty-four souls. Um, in dangerous waters, I think somewhere near Greece, I don't know the specifics, um, just, and was, like, chastised and criticised by everybody for doing that, because, like, obviously it's vulnerable if it stops, etc. But he saved these French soldiers, and then he was given, like, a medal by France for doing so, so that was really sweet of him to be like, fuck you guys, I'm saving these 34 French guys. Apparently 34 souls wasn't enough to warrant stopping, according to the higher-ups. I mean, I was on board and supportive until you said they were French, so I kind of understand <laughs> the criticism here. It's a little, it's a little cringe, bro. He's everything Smith wished he was. The nice guys do finish last, it seems. The the U-boat thing that I was mentioning earlier, and I, like, this is absolutely zero evidence, and I still saw it thrown out there. Not even, like, tangential shit, like the J.P. Morgan, like, weird coincidence stuff. They just said that, like, oh, maybe a U-boat was called in to sink the Titanic on purpose for the insurance money. Somebody knew a U-boat captain. 
you well, know, that's it. You it's just, just like maybe. Yeah, just look at my yellow pages for local U-boat businesses. And then, uh, I mean, it's secret war technology, but I'm sure this guy is willing to take a detour and blow up my dad's boat so we can get some sick insurance money. <laughs> I mean, there were reports of people being like, I didn't hear the iceberg hit, but then I heard an explosion afterwards. It's like, well, what do you think the iceberg did to the ship? Like... <laughs> What if, that, what if it's been a steel bug the whole time? Like, no one would know. Yeah, I guess if you had, like, a a solid block of steel the size of a skyscraper and you somehow managed to make it float out in the ocean, <laughs> people probably wouldn't notice it, right? Do we know? Okay, I don't really know. I assume that it will have melted off by this point because of the old global warming bullshit. That, that, <laughs> that old chestnut. <laughs> yeah. Do Have we... You know, like, how if you look after lions and shit in the wild, you'll, like, paint on them so you know, like, when it comes back and which one it is. Have we ever seen that iceberg in the wild again with, like, a bit of Titanic paint on the side of it? Oh, man. That'd be fucking cool. Have we, though? Like, because it's so big. Like, you must be able to, like, track icebergs, probably. Maybe. Did it, like... Do you think the Titanic, like, wrecked it pretty bad, or...? Do you think, like, the iceberg, like, shrugged it off and, like, just went about its days still? Oh, you think that, like, the iceberg PR team was just really, really good at their job? And they're like, yeah, oh, didn't even notice it, mate. How do we mate. spin this? Didn't, do even, spin this? didn't even feel it. Pathetic. It's a bit of a tragedy, isn't it? This is over you, for my YouTube boxing career. Could we, could we, like, avenge the Titanic? Do you think someone's already done that? Someone had to have thought, I need to blow this fucker up. I think that would make a really good, like, 80s B-movie. Just some some Indiana Jones type going out into the ocean to fuck up an iceberg real bad. It's a pretty daunting antagonist, too. Very cold and posing. Cold. Very big. Yeah. Cold, too? Did we do cold? Should we move on to moon? Yeah, I would love for you to tell me about the moon. So, Moon, did we land on it? Yes or no? That's the big question. 50 years. For 50 years, we've been debating whether or not we landed on the moon. Plus, more than that, probably. 1969, we landed on the moon. Cold War, relevant. That's a word that people say a lot. I'm going to say it. I've said it now. We won't go back to it. (laughs) Cold War, relevant. We landed on the moon, possibly. And since then, people have found that very upsetting. Um, did we, the, the footage from the moon landing has got people questioning how authentic it really is. There's a few discrepancies in lighting, the flag's floating, but there's no air on the moon. We all know that. Um, Stanley Kubrick's been embroiled. And as a big Stanley Kubrick fan, that's what really draws me to this conspiracy theory is the idea that maybe he was involved. Because if anyone could do it, it's Kubrick. We'll start with the earliest instance that I'm aware of, of somebody saying, no, 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 we didn't land on the moon, silly. That's just American propaganda to shit on the Russians. And that guy was William Kiesing. He used to be a technical writer for a rocket dyne who made engines. He left there in 1963, but really sort of like followed the space race in a very obsessive way. And he didn't believe that we were technologically advanced enough to ever get to the moon. So he sort of dedicated his life to debunking the fact that we landed on the moon and he wrote a book about it. Super, super impassioned. Could have been a case of, you know, 
he got fired, was kind of bitter about it, and this was his revenge. But, like, he points... He goes through all, like, the stuff that we're, like, more familiar with broadly as a society, but I think he was the first person to do it. Technically, if we're looking at the footage, we've got the flag waving in low atmosphere, we've got a lack of stars in the background, we've got a limited exposure range, we've got the angles of the shadows from the imagery. More, That's, like, the main image issues, right? We're all familiar with it. In 2014, some guys with the Unreal Engine tried to recreate (laughs) the moon experience authentically to see whether or not this is actually what it would look like. Because there's, like, scientific explanations for all of these things. So apparently the flag waving with no atmosphere is actually because there's a rod at the top of the flag because in terms of, like, documenting this for media, they need the flag to be flying, right? It's America. You're proud. Yeah. You love that shit. There's a rod at the top. It's flapping. People say that's because Armstrong is sort of twisting it into the to the moon ground, potentially. Moon ground? I'm not saying what side I'm on. Okay, now, I'm just telling you that the pros and, and then the other pros for the other side. Both pros. Is it actually flapping in the video? Like, I... I always just heard people say that it looks like it's flapping in, like, a picture. Yeah, in the, in the like pictures. Rufflies. It's rippled. You wouldn't have a ripple on the moon, James. We all know yeah. that. Well, I, I don't have ripples anyway. <laughs> okay. Um, you can't see the stars. People say that because of the exposure range and the fact that it's daytime on the moon, you wouldn't be able to see the stars anyway without everything being overexposed. And in interviews with the astronauts later on, after they come back from the moon, they're saying they couldn't see them either because of the time of day, etc. Don't know. It's easy. To, like, if they're going to fake going to the moon, they could also say, didn't see stars, mate. Like, that's that's an easy lie to tell. So I'm not buying it. But in 2014, these guys recreated the experience in the Unreal Engine, saying, okay, well, the reason that the shadows are the way that they are is because the moon is a reflective surface. And because it's such an uneven reflective surface, we've got the sun as one light source, and then all the craters and bumps of the moon bounce and refract this sort of global lighting everywhere, which would create shadows going at different angles. Where this sort of somewhat becomes a little bit sussy for me is that (laughs) there's one light, in the imagery that they can't pinpoint. They're like, okay, we can explain everything from the refraction from the moon and the spacecraft and all of the materials involved in the sun and the timing, apart from this one incredibly bright light that's illuminating Buzz Aldrin. And in the image, it's it almost looks like someone's shining like a big film light from behind some equipment. But the light, Cersei. And the guys that create this experiment in the Unreal Engine and say, yeah, so we thought it was really weird, but like looking back through it, we realise that that light is actually coming from Neil Armstrong. Is it though? You're telling me that that massive studio light is just the sun bouncing off of Neil Armstrong spacesuit. Do they, like, did anyone say like, yeah, we brought a spotlight up there so we could see what we were doing? Like, was that ever a consideration? No. It was daytime. They didn't need it. Like, it was bright, right? Okay. There's just no, like, blue sky because there's no atmosphere. So it's still daytime, I guess. I I feel like the Unreal guys that spent so long doing this would have gone and checked to see if there were, like, film lights up there. And all the cameras that they have 
are like already attached to the spacecraft and stuff. Like they didn't like take them out because a lot of some people are like, oh well, then who was filming this? <laughs> like yeah, it's on the spacecraft. Like we have a lot of pictures from that mission that are just from the moon because of all the cameras on the spacecraft. That's the technical questions. In addition to that, people say, okay, if it was faked, how, who, when, where? And this is where Kubrick comes in. Of the filmmakers at the time, only one was capable, perhaps, of pulling it off to this degree of excellence. Like, Kubrick was incredibly fastidious with all of his filmmaking. Like, everything had to be incredibly detailed. He'd do take after take after take. He wasn't a guy that would let anything pass in his movies without it being intentional. He's the he's the main guy for the job, and not only that, he's currently like working on 2001 A Space Odyssey, right? So he's doing all the research about the moon and textures and backgrounds, and, you know, he's in contact with NASA. There's this part of the moon, apparently, that looks exactly like some staging set that Kubrick also uses in 2001. But why would he do it? Apparently, they say that Nixon flattered Kubrick by saying, hey, I'm a big fan of Doctor Strangelove. Naturally, he would be. Fancy doing some moon shit for me? And, you know, <laughs> Nixon, not historically concerned with the truth. If anyone's going to do a big moon lie, could be him, right? Watergate? Moon fence. Let me introduce you to moon fence, James. <laughs> okay? Everyone's like, well, okay, maybe it was Kubrick, whatever. And then... In the 80s, we get The Shining, and in The Shining, it's Kubrick saying, yeah, guys, I did fake the moon landing. It was me, but I can't talk to you about it. And I'll now talk you through a few tidbits in The Shining which reveal Kubrick's involvement. So first we have the Apollo 11 sweater that Danny, the little boy, wears. Obviously, Apollo 11 was the moon mission. Straight, one-to-one, no questions, no metaphors, brazen. Secondly, we have Room 237. Now, in Stephen King's book, the room wasn't 237. 237 is like the special haunted spooky room. Now, I studied The Shining at university, and one of the reasons apparently that they changed the number of the room was the hotel wanted them to use a room number that they didn't have so it wouldn't put guests off from staying there in the future. But also, more specifically... The moon is 237,000 miles away from Earth. So, which is more likely? Well, why wasn't it just room 2,337? Third, the spooky twins. What do we associate twins with? Gemini. The astrological sign Gemini. That's twins. Gemini was previous moon missions. One of them might have been faked... I don't know, I read that in one thing, I didn't have time to Google it before you said I'm ready to do the podcast. But anyway, moon missions, Gemini twins. Next up, <laughs> we have the fact that after going into room 237, Danny can't speak. He has like these marks on his neck and his, his jumper, his Apollo 11 jumper's ripped and he can't talk. Much like Kubrick was forced into secrecy about his hand in faking the moon landings. In another scene... In the background of Danny, we have the Tang beverage, which is kind of like Kool-Aid, like it's a powder, right? I don't know if you're familiar with it. Oh, I've had Tang. I've had Tang. So then you know that Tang is the drink of astronauts. 
Oh, I thought I was just gonna say it tastes like shit, but yes, it is. A, it is a space drink. So, like one of the commercials at the time or back in the day was like, "It's a drink for Earthmen." NASA back in the day would take it on space missions. It's famously like in the '60s something that they would take up on the space missions for the astronauts to drink. And then finally, I mean, there's other stuff. There's like the shape of the carpet looking like the uh, landing pad. Things like that. But we also have, if you remember, the infamous scene with Jack typing all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. There's different capitalizations of all work and no play. And then you get A11 for all. Apollo 11. Oh. Yeah. And that's uh, Moonfence. Where does the bear fit into it? Where does the bear costume guy fit into that? He, that's Buzz. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, just okay. Buzz. Who obviously isn't... Re- like, who's called Buzz Aldrin? Fake. Fake man. Yeah. Didn't happen. Bu- Buzz Lightyear sound an ass. Also, I've slightly brushed over this, but this is actually quite threatening interesting. So, people saw or believed that they saw Neil Armstrong in Las Vegas whilst he was meant to be on having his moon shenanigans, he was actually playing slots with a couple of broads on his arm. And <laughs> they say that he was hanging out in Vegas and then they flew him to Hawaii to stage the splashdown so he would get out of the pod when the press arrived. Before this happened, and this is why there's an incentive to keep quiet, during the practice for the moon landing, there was a fire that killed the three original astronauts during the practice phase, and they think that that was done as a fear tactic to say, you know, shut the fuck up or we'll burn you too. Damn. Moon fence. Oh, you know he was meant to originally, he was going to be the director of AI. Like, he, he'd done all the, like, the preemptive, like, work, and he had all of, like, a bunch of plans for the movie and, like, these massive space scopes and stuff, and then, like, obviously he passed, and then Spielberg was like, I'll take this, and then he ruined it. And you know, if they did AI and then they made a sequel called AII. <gasps> Apollo 11. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Oh my God. Wake up, sheeple. Uh, let's go. Let's go. Let's, let's yeah. rate them. Let's that's, compare the two. Oh, I, oh, I, I had, I had some more moon stuff. I did a, I did a little bit of, uh, I did a little bit of moon stuff. Um, when you mentioned that, uh, that author guy that, was like the first moon denier, what have you. William Keezing. I also ran into uh, this historical figure, unnamed Australian lady, who <laughs> had called into some radio place, and this was like early, 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 and she said that she saw a Coke bottle get kicked across the screen while she was watching the moon landing broadcast. <laughs> I I have uh, yeah like I don't know if it was a wallaby crawling around a new TV or something like but that was like one of the early credible uh <laughs> disputes of the moon landing happening. Oh, you know what? I'm going to come clean. I, can tell. I would love it to have been Kubrick. I can tell you you were very honed in on Kubrick stuff with that. Well, like, okay, here's the other thing. So apparently 12 people have been to the moon, yeah? And it was all between 1969 and 1972. One, we don't talk about the other guys. Two, it doesn't really matter because we just wanted to win the space race. Three, Kennedy said we he would get us to the moon in that decade. 
Kennedy, see you later. He, a tragedy befell him. Maybe we'll talk about that in a future episode. We're definitely going to talk about that. <laughs> Nixon comes in. He's like, shit, how do I win the hearts and minds and souls of the people? We've, we haven't got any time left. The decade's nearly over. Kennedy promised us the space race. Kennedy was beloved. I'll win the space race. They'll worship me in the same way they do Kennedy. Total, Totally shifting gears. Did you hear about the, the Dutch moon rock situation? What? So, um, there's a, there's a Dutch museum and they're like one of their former prime ministers passed away and in his collection was a moon rock. And so this, this rock gets donated to this museum or maybe they pay for it, whatever. And they call up NASA and they're like, Hey, is this thing legit? And NASA just kind of shrugs their shoulders and they're like, well, we gave out hundreds of moon rocks on our goodwill missions to other countries. And so everyone just kind of assumes it's one of those. It gets tested, and it's just petrified wood. It was just a lump of petrified wood. and So the moon is made from wood? Yeah, the moon is actually my coffee table. <laughs> and they, they tried to, like, trace it back, and they're like, Where, where'd this thing come from? And they found out that the, the prime minister got it from this American diplomat, and this, this fucking joker, this clown prince, says... Yeah, I got this moon rock from the State Department. I don't really know the details on it, though. Like, how do you... you, If I gave you a piece of the moon, would you, like... You'd remember that, right? Yeah. Yeah, you'd be like, oh, this is magical. Listen, I'd put it next to my shungite. I'm just baffled that, like, the dude just can't remember where he got this moon rock. It's probably not real. And is there a global supply of moon rock from moon missions, or did any moon land on Earth that we just have like asteroids? I don't think a part. I don't think the moon breaks apart and randomly rains down on us. Let me consult Wallace and Gromit the okay. documentary. They will. They will help. But I just thought that was a funny little aha because a guy just straight up handed a piece of wood. To a prime minister, and it was like, this is from the moon! What other, do you have more moon? I just have one funny science move that the United States and the Russians did to make the world a worse place. Okay, go on. Well, because there's like the Van Allen belts, right? Where conspiracy theorists are like, there's no way around them, they're so radioactive, You'd if you tried to get to the moon, you'd just fry. Yeah. And like, you can just go around. Like, the, if it's non-existent near the poles, so you just do a big little loop-de-loop. And I think we have we have shielding, too. Yeah, like, the ships and the suits and stuff were built to, well, withstand radiation, but also the amount of time that they were in the belts was so minimal Yeah. that it wouldn't have a big impact, and ultimately it's the same amount of exposure that we get living on Earth for our lives. Yeah, and instead of, like, initially investing in that technology, apparently the United States and the Soviet Union both tried to nuke the Van Allen belts to make them less radioactive. <laughs> uh, and instead made them, like, magnitudes more radioactive. Yeah, that is quite literally fighting fire that's, with fire, isn't that's it? It's a little, it's a little odd. It's a little, almost coincidental that such an outcome would happen. A little too convenient. I don't know what it means for the conspiracy, but I just thought that nuking a radioactive field to make it less radioactive was a was a funny little aside. Okay, what if they it was never radioactive and they both just wanted to test nukes in space? Oh. And or- now it's radioactive and they're like, well, it was already. 
<laughs> it was like that when I found it. Yeah, it wasn't us testing the nukes. We said it was already radioactive. See, I, I, I thought you meant like they were like covering their tracks. Like, all right, we didn't actually go to the moon. We need to make sure no one else can get to the moon. <laughs> nuke space. We need to nuke space right now. <laughs> gentlemen's Maybe. agreement. Gentlemen's agreement. We can't let China or India get there. We blow up space. Yeah, I want that one. That's it. That can we can we add that to the moon law? Yeah, I'll go back and I'll say it. I'll go back and say it earlier in the podcast, and then that's. <laughs> I'll say it now. Just and if anyone ever listens to this podcast, and if we make it listenable, spread the new moon law. Don't tell them where it came from. Tell it as fact. Moon to the squeakwell. So, should we go on to the competitive portion? I am ready to compete. Alright, hook. Believability. Let's go. See... Which uh, is more believable, Titanic or Moon? As as much as it anguishes me, I heard a lot of, like, believable Moon stuff, where it was very mundane. People saying, yeah, maybe, like, they sent robots to the Moon, but we just can't send people, and, like, budgetary constraints. And I just, I feel like I can believe that more than they built the Titanic and based it off of a book to kill three people. That's, uh, well, where the, <laughs> that's where I'm coming at it from. Well, the Titanic has... There's, two, there's so many layers to the Titanic conspiracy and, like, there's just the face value insurance fraud conspiracy not that far-fetched. Then you add, you know, Illuminati to it. You add uh, the prophecy to it by Morgan Robertson. You know, you, the, you add the layers. So, like, what one are we... What, at what face value are we taking this conspiracy? How deep are we going? Are we doing the whole hog? I, see, I, I can't find any of them believable. Like, the even the even the, um, the insurance fraud one, like, you could just... Couldn't you have just bonked it on a rock somewhere really close by and, like, had a skeleton crew on? Like... If if I am turning my brain on for a moment, I would be like, <laughs> are we really going to smash this thing in the middle of nowhere and kill hundreds of people? Like, isn't that going to cost us more than insurance? You're thinking from the mind of a peasant, James. You're not thinking from Thank the you. mind of an egotistical sort of narcissist billionaire. Or a mummy. You know, I could or, get in a yeah. mummy mindset. That is also... They, well, they don't. They have it go... Don't you pull that out through the nose? You do pull that out through the nose, but the mind is in the heart in oh. ancient Egypt, so... I'm really? thinking for my chest. Yeah, that's that's why they they really, like, preserve the heart. They didn't give a... They thought the brain was, like, useless. They just, like, whip that shit out. Well, what do you think about the moon landing? Like, for believability. And again, Kubrick Stan, there was a point... When I was t- perhaps too eager to believe it. I-, I feel like it could... Everything lines up. Like, I'm not saying we didn't land on the moon. Because I'm not really that way inclined. Like, I'll just say, yeah, we fucking landed on the moon. But the rationale behind faking it lines up. How we faked it makes sense. The evidence, sketchy for landing on the moon. Like, all of it does tie together. The only thing that I really doubt is how we wouldn't have heard about it by now. Somebody would have said something. Yeah, yeah. I I think that it can get that far 
is a testament to the believability. Like if you if you told me like if I got in some government post and someone was like, "Hey, by the way, moon landing didn't happen." I'd be like disappointed and I'd be blown away. But if someone told me like Titanic was an inside job, I would you could not get me to believe that. Well, when I first a few years ago watched the video on the Olympic and the insurance fraud portion. It was, and it like, obviously it cut the story short. So it was just like, oh no, we crashed the Titanic. Wink, wink, it's really the Olympic. Can we get the insurance money for that so we can then pay off our debt to the Navy? It's a lot, but corporations are evil. So I was like, oh, that's cool. Also like, it was just a fun new thing to believe in. It is fun. The Titanic has way more fun in it than I initially gave it credit. (laughs) I thought it was just crying families in ice cold water. But there's some joy in that ship. There is some good times in there. I I think the moon landing is more... I I agree. I think the moon landing is is more believable. Because it's so, like, in-depth, too. There's no far-fetched nature, really, to... Other than doing it in the first place, nothing about the explanation for it being faked is really that far-fetched. It's just bad science. Like, it's, it's not, like absurd claims it's just bad science backing it up so are we doing hook for moon moon hook yeah moon's got the hook all right one to hook one to moon deep impact how much does it affect the believer oh man do you want to take this one first well i just thought it was going to be a landslide oh really i'll go on for which no no i want to hear your thoughts on this well for moon because if you believe in the moon conspiracy, I think you then become embroiled in more in the political nature of sort of a nefarious U.S. government. Then you you eventually get onto nine eleven. You eventually get onto Trump and the Illuminati and that place that they all go and suck off an owl in California. Don't talk about my retreats like that. Like I think it's just it, it opens up the chasm. Oh, so you're so you're saying that it's like a gateway conspiracy? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's weed. It's a gateway. It's a, weed it's a weed. It's a bit of a Mary. <laughs> it's a Mary Jane conspiracy. <laughs> to address one of your points, though, I feel like there's plenty of shit that'll point to the United States being nefarious with the Titanic. I think that like the implication is inherently, it's it's almost like it forces you to think the way that you were just talking while the moon landing. I saw people, like, I, I got desperate for hot takes with the moon because I was actually bored <laughs> looking this stuff up. And I tried to find, like, oh, is there a Nazi base on the moon? Is the moon fake? Like, all this stuff. Oh, yeah, the moon's fake. I just saw people saying stuff like, yeah, I mean, we probably just sent robots up there. It's just a propaganda coup so that we could rub it in the the USSR's face. Or, yeah, they just did it so they could get more funding. Like, it wasn't, like, earth-shattering. Whereas with the Titanic, it was stuff like, obviously, insurance aside, like, oh, if, if J.P. Morgan did this, this is part of a global conspiracy to control finance and banking and all this other wacky stuff. And I was like, oh, damn, like the Titanic's the key to the whole thing. I, no, I see that. I think like they're both take that same, like you said, like every conspiracy theory leads back to... The U.S. government being corrupt, <laughs> but um, like the moon, like the, there are conspiracy theories about the moon being fake, about the moon being hollow, based on how it orbits the Earth and its patterns and stuff like that. Like there are theories about those aspects of the moon. 
Well, we can't. Well, now you're calling in a tag team partner. Moon is hollow. Like, I'm. I'm just looking at just the moon landing, just the Titanic sinking. I just like if if we didn't go to the moon. Mm-hmm. Actually, I feel like my life wouldn't change at all. If the Titanic was part of like some insane scheme, although you could make that argument with the insurance fraud scheme, though, then it's just a company being evil. And then I'm like, oh, okay. Can we call it a tie? It could be a tie. I mean, like, for example, the, I feel we were probably always going to trend towards a Federal Reserve, right? I mean, like, even with credit cards and stuff, that became, like, more of a ubiquitous thing amongst companies after the Fresno drop. So I think, like, everything was going to trend towards Monopoly there, regardless of the Titanic sinking. Perhaps. I don't think that would be the catalyst. I, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Where it probably would have happened anyway, but it, it sure happened a lot faster once those guys <laughs> were sleeping with the fishes, you know? I'm happy I'm happy for a I'm happy for the Titanic to, to win deep impact. But I don't okay. for me, I don't care. If the Titanic was a thing, like it's so long ago and so it's about a boat. I'm not a big boat fan. Whereas the moon landing is cool. See, if, but if there's an order of, like, crazy priests out there that have sleeper cells everywhere, <laughs> you'd be like, holy cats, that's pretty spooky. I feel like you're really exaggerating the nature of the Titanic conspiracy now that we've got sleeper cell priests. I mean, I'm just looking at the evidence. I've just got it all laid out in front of me, and I'm seeing a lot of priests here. So would it be fair to say that neither perhaps have that much impact on a believer see well i think it depends on which titanic theory you go with if you if you think jp morgan did it that's like huge ramifications like because then you have to believe in a global conspiracy involving finance and industry leaders assassinating each other well i mean don't we believe in that anyway but extreme like on a Mm. skateboard (laughs) Like Agent Orange playing in the background. Like radical industrial espionage and assassination. Alright, okay, we can give that with, like, Titanic. One's a Titanic. Yeah, I filibustered. Let's go. (laughs) You truly are the Bernie Sanders of Clash (laughs) Piracy. Alright, Inception, X Factor, Moon. (laughs) Really, really, you think the, the, oh, guys, we didn't go to the moon. Is cooler than priests crashing the Titanic. And a mummy being on the Titanic. Secret messages in The Shining? That's cool. That's, That's a horror cool. movie. You, they are inherently you said, cool. You said that that was going to be our Halloween special, and then you brought it in for the oh, moon landing. Bro, there's so many secret messages in The Shining, we can do it for the Halloween special and not even touch on the moon ship. I might just, you know what? I might just bring in The Shining to back up the Titanic theory. Just give me a, just give me a few days, and I'm sure I can find a, a sarcophagus or some guy named Edward somewhere tucked away in that damn hotel. I feel like The Shining is the Rosetta Stone of conspiracy theories. Next, <laughs> <laughs> winner, The Shining. I mean, if we can't come to a consensus, I'm willing to crown The Shining the winner of our Can we do that every episode? We just let The Shining win at the end of everything? I I think so. I'm... Because I don't don't think we're gonna... I don't think we're gonna budge each other on the Inception 
part. Like, I'm not gonna filibuster this one, too. That would just be rude. Dude, I thought the moon was boring AF. But the moon is a Hollywood story, and as a 21st century lady, you know, we like Hollywood. We're invested. It's the, it's the nails. It's the big lip. It's the curve of the just hip. One. It's, it's the big lights. The moon is the big lights conspiracy theory, right? The moon is the summer pop song, and the Titanic is my niche little grunge band in the garage. The Titanic is jazz, dude. It's like, the, oh, Do I'm not call it Titanic again. jazz. Do not call it Titanic <laughs> jazz. I'm going to get very uh, upset. Nobody below the age of 40 listens to jazz. And I'm and not going to... nobody below the age of 40 remembers the Titanic, James. It's, it's so underground and cool. <laughs> it's so cool, okay? You didn't even know there was a mummy on the Titanic. True, but I knew there were a lot of daddies. <laughs> okay, alright. <laughs> no, we can cut that bit out. No, we're um, leave it in, Polly. Leave it in. <laughs> I like. I'm not. I like the moonlight. It's just such a staple. It's such just a. St- it's like a staple for society. It's a cultural staple. It's just like a really like. It's a conspiracy theory we can all get behind and we can all believe in and we can understand. And I think it deserves points for that. That's cool. It's cool that like you can just go out to a kid and be like, "Hey, we faked the moon landing, buddy. Don't have dreams." But you that, know? but this is the this is the original, like factor. This is the cool factor, and you just said it's so simple a child can understand it. Doesn't mean it's not cool. I I could go up to a baby and be like, "Yeah, moon landing didn't happen," and the baby would like understand it. I go up to a baby and I'm like, "Here's J.P. Morgan." And here's insurance fraud. A baby's not going to understand what's going on. So you're saying only incomprehensible things can be cool? Yeah. Have you talked to me ever? You like Dwarf Fortress. I, I was... <laughs> listen, that's why I knew how to spell quinoa also. And I was... I, like, strained my whole body to not bring up Dwarf Fortress. And you brought it up now. <laughs> I hate you. I, I was so close to the finish line. And you just stuck your leg out. Oh, Dwarf Fortress. <laughs> I think I think we just give this to the okay, shining. I'm, I'm happy. Yeah. Okay. No, I I don't mind Titanic, unless we're gonna do a shining meme, which everyone might catch on to that the shining wins everyone. I'm like the Titanic can have it. The moon, you know what? The moon doesn't need to win. The the clash Oh, well, the are you gonna say so the cool. moon is the bigger man? Is that what you're gonna say? Yeah. Well, I just think that it's got it's got so much clout already that it doesn't need it. Whereas the Titanic conspiracy shit, like, he's reading about that at 4 a.m., you know, like, he's watching those YouTube videos. Us. <laughs> That's it. Oh my god, you are vicious. Okay, fine. <laughs> I'll, I'll tearfully accept the trophy on behalf of the Titanic, but no, everyone at the party, everyone at the party's laughing at me behind my back. White Starline, JP Morgan, Morgan Robertson, Mr. Hershey. I hope you're all feeling uh, pretty some proud un- of yourselves. Unknown Pharaoh, the German U-boat commander. Titanic won. I'll take it. An exciting yeah. moment in the Titanic history, winning the first episode of Clash Spiracy. How do you feel, James? Uh, I feel like it's the only thing the Titanic's ever won, so this is a big win for the home team, and uh, I hope we can eventually catch that iceberg. <laughs> Thanks for coming, James. Over and out. Bye. Wait, should we do... <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That was fun. Bye.